Chapter Seven of Peggy's Trial by Mary Knight Potter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Leanne Howlett. A hint of dreadful trouble. It was some weeks after the baker's departure, and Peggy was not having a very good time. She missed Elsie for one thing, and then for some unknown reason Miss Barton had not yet got back. That meant that a Miss Garland was still teaching the Sunday school class, and Miss Garland never gave her the nice little midweek parties that Miss Barton used to give. Miss Garland, too, never once came in between times and took Peggy and the two boys on excursions or brought them games. Miss Garland, in fact, seemed to take very little interest in Peggy, and none at all in Teddy and Harry. Privately, Peggy thought her a very poor sort of a lady, indeed. The only reason she failed to make her conviction more decidedly public was that the despised person was a friend of Miss Barton. Ted and Harry felt no such scruples about expressing their opinions. Harry had even been known to stick out his tongue at the back of Miss Barton's successor. About this time, also, the children were thoroughly agreed that Nurse was getting too pudgy for toleration. That they themselves were on a naughty streak did not occur to them. "'Why,' said Ted one day with wrath, "'she won't let a fellow do anything. "'Yesterday I had Jimmy Haynes up in the attic "'and we were just playing, "'and she kept calling for us to come down, "'and of course I wasn't going to come down for nothing. "'And then she came up and she took me by the ear "'and she most chucked me downstairs.' "'Ted was standing in front of the nursery fireplace as he spoke. "'His short legs were spread far apart.' and his hands were tucked behind him under his diminutive coat-tails. It was an attitude he much admired in his father, and he copied it as often as he had a chance. "'What were you doing in the attic?' questioned Peggy suspiciously. "'Doing?' Teddy looked as innocent as a six-month's-old baby. "'Nothing. I was on the rocking horse, and Jamie had on his roller skates and was just skating along, dragging me and the horse after him. Nurse said we'd knock down the ceiling if we didn't stop. Guess if the whole house didn't come down in last year's tornado, that little racket wouldn't pull down a ceiling. Peggy thought that was not bad reasoning, but she was a whole year older than Ted, and she felt that she ought to be on the side of discipline. Well, you know, Father told us we mustn't jump around up there as if we were outdoors. Wasn't jumping, said Ted indignantly and Jamie said twas just as easy skating as if he'd been in the rink. Peggy's curiosity got the better of her moralizing. How did he ever pull you along on the horse? Oh, we had it fixed in great shape, explained Ted enthusiastically. You see, we took my skates and Harry's, and we fastened them under the stand of the horse, two at each corner, tied them on with strings, of course, every little while they'd come off, and then we'd go slump. But it was easy as pie and great fun. There. Harry had been cutting out puzzles in the other corner of the room, but now he came up in much excitement. That's how my skate got its front wheels broken. You can just give me yours to pay up. Well, I guess not. Ted swelled up like a turkey cock. Twasn't I smashed him, nor Jamie, either. You can make Nurse get you a new pair. She's the one busted em. She grabbed the rocking horse and she switched it round so, trying to get me off, that the skates hit a trunk and got a piece knocked off. 
You needn't be blaming me. Harry's blue eyes filled with tears, and his mouth took a tremendous downward slant. You shall give me yours, he sputtered. It's your fault if Nurse did break them. You know she won't get me a new pair. Well, you can go without em, then, said Teddy heartlessly. I didn't want her to come danging me round, did I? I didn't tell her to break those wheels. Harry's eyes blazed with fury and ran over with tears at the same time. You're a bad, wicked boy, he stormed, and I hate you. With a sudden fury, he pounced on his brother and began beating him with both his clenched fists. Before Ted could defend himself, Peggy was between the two, trying to separate them. By this time, both of them were so excited that they hardly knew what they were about or whether they hit each other or Peggy. You are naughty boys, she cried, still valiantly trying to act as guardian of the peace. Just then Nurse came into the room, and seeing what she thought was a three-sided fight, she swooped down on the trio remorselessly. "'Were ever three such young ones born into the world?' she scolded as she shook and parted them. "'You needn't be blaming me,' expostulated Peggy, smoothing down her dress. "'I wasn't doing a thing. That seemed like the biggest kind of a fib to Nurse. "'I guess I can see with my own eyes.' she retorted, and I guess your father'll have something to say when I tell him. Now you, Teddy and Harry, she took each firmly by an arm. You'll both of you go straight to bed this minute, and you'll stay there till tomorrow morning. Telling Peggy to wait in the nursery, she marched the two boys out of the room without allowing them a word of explanation. Oh, dear, said Peggy ruefully. Now she'll go and tell father, and he'll think I'm a wicked girl, and I can't ever make him understand. As she thought of all the consequences, her wrath grew, and by the time Nurse came back, she was in a towering rage. "'I'll tell you what I think,' she burst out as the old servant re-entered. "'I think you are an unfair, mean woman. You won't listen to anything anybody can say, and you just go and repeat everything to Father, and—and—oh!' She stamped her foot angrily. "'You're just horrid. So now—' Peggy did not know that Nurse was tired out and half-sick, nor did she realize that six consecutive years with three lively children are apt to wear out the strongest of nerves. Neither did she know that a certain piece of village gossip was rankling in what was, after all, a very faithful-hearted nurse. Least of all did she guess that this same heart, the very moment before, had been feeling very sorry for Peggy herself. At this sudden onslaught, Nurse's pity gave way to anger. "'You are a saucy girl,' she said bitterly. "'Saucy and ungrateful. "'You don't remember how I've taken care of you all these years, "'nor how I saved your life when you had the scarlet fever. "'You don't care for anything except to do just as you please. "'But I can tell you one thing, Miss Peggy Clayton. "'Your day is most over. "'I guess you'll find the difference when your stepmother comes. "'I guess you won't have quite such an easy time, then.' "'At the word stepmother,' All Peggy's color fled from her face. She stood gasping and white, staring at Nurse in horror. Then she pulled herself up in fine scorn. "'You are just saying that,' she said indignantly. "'You know my father wouldn't marry again.' "'Huh?' Nurse's own racked feelings were glad of a chance to vent themselves. "'I guess I don't know any such thing. Your father is going to be married inside of a month.' 
He's been calling on her night after night in Carver, and I'm glad somebody else is going to have the training of you. By this time next year I guess you'll wish you had your old nurse back. With a sniff and a choke she left the room. For several minutes after she had gone, Peggy stood motionless. Suddenly she dropped onto the floor by the couch and buried her face in the cushions. "'Mother, mother!' she sobbed, her little frame shaking with anguish. "'Oh, it can't be true! It can't be! There can't be anyone come to take your place! Father wouldn't let him! I know he wouldn't!' But her words did not convince herself. She knew that Nurse never lied, and the only chance was that there was some mistake. "'I know what it is,' she said to herself at length, drying her eyes and looking a little comforted. "'Daddy's been visiting some sick lady for a long time, and they think he is going to marry her. It's just people's talk. It isn't true. I know it isn't.' This seemed a reasonable explanation, both of her father's unusual absences and of the town gossip. For a few days she believed it, or persuaded herself that she believed it. Yet really— she was always half expecting to hear that, after all, Nurse was right. She bore, meanwhile, such a quiet, strangely unchildlike air that Nurse was almost abashed. She never once dared to say anything more about the matter, which was by now all over the town. End of Chapter 7